Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian, and tonight we have on no other than the embodiment of what liberty should be, look like, feel like, smell like, taste like in New York, one of the leading states of all things to come to the rest of America. So stay tuned next for Larry Sharp, the man, right here at the Cajun Libertarian Live. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back. So you know that we're going to have an absolutely amazing time with the Larry Sharp, the Sharp way from New York, who's always amazing. You know who else is amazing? If you're in the state of Pennsylvania and you want to vote for Joe Soloski, go check him out. JoeSoloski.com. Joe Soloski, the key to Pennsylvania success. And Nicole Schultz is the key to Joe Soloski's success. So two big states on the air tonight. New York, massive in Pennsylvania with Joe Soloski. Also, if you're looking for small firearms material, content, you're looking for ammunition, what are you looking for in in terms of guns? You heard what Joe Biden said today about ghost guns, which is not a real terminology. It's just home guns, right? Go to Gap Armory. Gap Armory, we carry the parts you need to finish your third 3D-printed firearms. They carry the parts you need to finish them, so go get them. Do it now before these laws come down and pass. It's ridiculous. We carry parts and accessories for a wide variety of popular firearms. We carry our own slide rails for 3D printed Glock frames. Libertarian owned and operated longtime Mises and Cap kind of guy. We love and accept crypto. Something else that you need to be getting into as well as they're trying to put the locks on it. Gap Armory has the gear that you need to bridge the gap in your defensive preparedness. And my goodness, Gap Armory could not have sponsored the show any sooner. Literally, they just started sponsoring the show last week. And here we are dealing, having to deal with sleepy Joe Biden's mess, the O'Biden administration in regards with firearms. So go do it. Do it now. Very, very good. Gap Armory, thank you for sponsoring the show. Joe Zalowski, thank you for sponsoring the show. And now, without further ado, let's bring Larry Sharp. Larry, my man, what's up? I am here. I appreciate that. I'm I'm glad. And we're scared of ghost guns or something now. I guess so. I don't know. Aren't aren't yeah. aren't guns that are not purchased legally already illegal? Yeah, apparently. So default. I guess they just they made illegal guns more illegal because that'll work. Yeah. Oh well, of course. What could you go know, wrong? Just like uh, Mayor Eric. Ad- oh yeah, what could go wrong? Just like <laughs> Mayor wrong? Eric Adams, he just said literally. He's like, uh, oh, yeah, we got a violent crime rate in uh, in New York City. So let's ban guns. Where there are no gun manufacturers, there's nothing there. It's obviously You can't ban not them working. more. You cannot ban them more. If you go to New York City, I'm not making this up. This is a true thing. If you go to New York City with your legally purchased firearm and you follow all TSA guidelines, you know what will happen? You will be arrested and you will go to Rikers Island. The literally most violent jail in the entire country. That's where you go. If you bring your legally owned firearm and follow TSA rules, 
in New York City. You can't get more illegal than that. Except, I don't know, maybe summary execution on the street, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else you can do. That isn't a problem. What bothers me tremendously is that we don't want to actually solve the problem. It right. isn't gun violence is the problem, right? It's violence that's the problem. Somehow they feel like they're better than us because they don't mind if you get stabbed, just don't get shot, right? right? That's the issue. So they don't care if someone dies, just don't use a gun. That's a terrible idea. The reason why we have so much violence, there are several parts. Of this. The biggest part is the black market. How do you know that? Yeah. You look at any spike in violence throughout the country, the biggest spike, prohibition in the 20s. The more black market you create, the more violence you create. Why? Because mean people do bad things with evil guns. Of course not. It's because when you go into the black market, you don't get to use cops and courts. And when right. you can't use cops and courts, the only option you have is street justice. That's all you have. That's why you shoot people in the middle of the street. So you know you mess with the sharp gang. You get gunned down in the middle of the street. That's how it works. So I ask this question sometimes in New York City. When I'm doing an event, maybe in a college or something. I'll say, how many people here own a gun? And almost no one does. It's New York City, right? So most of them, they don't. Right. So mostly, maybe one hand goes up. It's some guy who really lives in Oklahoma, but he's here for college in New York or something, right? But usually no one puts their hand up. And I go, you all do. And I say, what? So you all do. But we have the cops hold them for us. So when we have a problem, we call our guns and the cops bring them wow. and solve our problem. So we all That's own guns, but we just can't yeah. have them because we must be children, I guess. And mommy and daddy have to bring our guns. When we get in trouble, we yell for mommy and daddy and they bring our guns. So we all have guns. Yeah. So if you go into black market, you don't have any guns. So you got to buy your own. So end the black market and you begin right. to end the violence. How do so I know that? Cop, you don't you don't find liquor stores shooting each other up, do you? Right. Exactly. So let me ask you this, because uh, so it, when you're talking about somebody like Eric Adams, right? Yep. That person knows full well the statistics behind gun violence, which doesn't exist. I'm just going to use their terminology. Right? Sure. He, he knows he fully understands all of the statistics behind gun violence, gun crimes, gun ownership and all that. And yet he still pushes this rhetoric as if gun control would actually work. What do you think the, the end goal? Why do you think he does things like this? Are these yeah. people? Remember something. Violence, which is what heavy law and heavy-handed laws are, violence is a wonderful short-term solution. Just is, right? I don't have any money. I put a gun in your face. Give me your wallet. You give me your wallet. I have money now. That, that worked. I didn't have any money. Now I have money. Totally works, right? It's a very good short-term solution. It's a terrible long-term solution that always comes back to bite us. But right. we're looking at the short-term solution. So it's pass a law, use violence. It's a short-term solution. But you keep seeing this, you keep seeing the, 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 the unintended consequences bite us in the ass afterwards, again yeah. and again and again. But Eric Adams, he doesn't care about that. He'll blame whatever. He'll blame the left or the right or Putin or whatever. He'll blame something else <laughs> and say it wasn't him. And that's the reason why it happened. It's because of COVID or whatever he'll say. He'll say something. He'll blame it on something else. And he'll just move on. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. But there's a second piece, though. He doesn't know any better. Remember something. It's important for everyone who cares about government to understand something. Government does four things well. And because of that, every solution is one of these four things, right? Number one, kill people. Really good at that. Yep. You want to like really kill masses good. of people? 
Oh my God, these people over there bother us. Let's bomb them. Let's kill them. Yes, so good at that. Number two, imprisoning people. We are really good at that. Very good at that. Just put people yep. in jail. We're the best in the world at that. We will find reasons to do it. We'll we'll build we'll build prisons in Guantanamo Bay. We'll build dark prisons in <laughs> Poland, Ukraine. We don't care. We will build them everywhere. So absolutely, we'll we'll go ahead and build prisons. Number three, create bureaucracy that looks like it's doing something. Boy, are we good at that, right? So hmm. let's create regulations yep. that don't solve a problem, but boy, slow things down so that you're not going to work well. If you ever say to yourself, man, I am so efficient, no worries. Government got you covered. Government will make you inefficient <laughs> in like five minutes. <laughs> totally take care of you. And last thing, write checks. Government writes checks for everything. Oh, you ain't lying. It does not That's matter. And they write checks better than banks do. No one writes checks better than the government. So every problem has one of those four solutions. We'll bomb people, we'll imprison people, we'll make regulations, we'll write yep. checks. That's it. So it's normal. So they don't know any better. So Eric right. Adams can't imagine changing the environment to have better players. That's not even in his brain. His brain is one of nope. those four. So let's go with I kill see. people, imprison people. That'll work. Let's do that. Imprison people. Got that. That's what he knows. And he wants more money. So he calls Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe writes a check because that's what Uncle Joe does well. So Uncle Joe Biden writes some checks and then he puts people in prison. Note what our government did in New York State. We had a problem with our bail reform, right? So what is, right. what's her answer? We'll make it worse for guns. I'm not joking. That's what her answer was. Her answer was literally, let's just say if you got a gun, you go to jail. That, that'll fix bail reform. That was her oh answer. Oh my God. Yes. And she also said, it's the best part. She wanted to make sure that, because it was a complaint, that what people were doing, what gangbangers were doing, is they were giving the guns to youngsters, 16, 17 years old. Well, in New York State, very often, if you're 16, 17, you have a gun, and you commit a crime, you don't get treated like an adult. You treat like a, like a minor. She right. got rid of that. She got rid of that. So now, if you have a gun in your hand, you treat like an adult. So to be clear, if I'm 16 and I stab you to death, I'm still a minor. If I'm 16 and I shoot you, I'm an adult because the no. gun is what's evil. No, I'm not, that's New York State. Oh my God. Yes. yes. So that's, that's Look, how we roll. How, if if 90% of New Yorkers knew what you just said, wouldn't they look at that and go, that's absolutely insane. That's absurd. I'm calling my legislator right now. We can't have Which anything. is why no one wants to listen to me. What they haven't figured out here, right? We, we always think it's left versus right. It's usually, it's usually actually just establishment versus little guy. We have a thing in New York State called the SAFE Fact. Act. And the SAFE Act is, for those who don't know, SAFE Act was a law passed in 2013 that was supposed to stop all the gun problems, right? So I guess we don't have any more gun problems because we stopped it in 2013. Yeah. Right. But what did the SAFE Act actually do? It made about 4 million, give or take, or so gun owners in New York State, it made them violent felons overnight and it's retroactive so if you purchase something legally for your firearm some accessory legally for your firearm that you legally own that act made that specific piece of plastic you bought now a crime and in new york state if the crime has anything to do with a gun it is violent it doesn't you don't have to do anything having the thing having the piece of plastic makes you in new york state a violent felon that's you didn't insane. do anything with it. I didn't threaten anybody with it. I hit someone over the head with it. No, I, I have it in my hand. 
I am now a violent felon. That's how that works. But you might think, well, that's bad, Larry. It is. But here's the worst part. What are they using it for now? Now they're using it for the young black and brown kids who are shooting people or having guns and getting caught with guns in the cities. What are they doing? They're now throwing four or five safe act violations on top of them so that they'll just plead out and not go to jail and just take take the felonies. So they, now oh they're stacking. God. Yeah, they stack four or five more safe act violations on it was supposed to be for those crazy militia old white guys out in the woods right, who right, all right. want the guns that was what the safe act was supposed to be for but of course prosecutors said oh wait i can also punish young black kids too oh my god bonus i get to punish everybody regardless of race or color or where they live life is good right. safe acts awesome so right. prosecutors decided to use it even against inner city kids what what tell me this in your mind or you probably know the exact answer for this what in the world makes them think that this is beneficial to the state of new york because two things they always work on remember without question whenever government does something it always supports two type two sides it supports the very wealthy and the black market it yeah. supports the very wealthy because they make money from the very wealthy and the black market because that's how they control us so as long as it's a black market they have to be police people to support the black market which black market usually is not a real crime. The black market is, is possession. That makes any sense, right? right? The black market right. means possession is a crime. Possession should never be a crime. If you steal right. to get your thing, that's crime. If you kill someone to get your thing, that's crime. If you take yeah. someone's property, that's crime. But you have the thing, how is that a crime? Cause government says so. So that now becomes a crime. So they create those types of crimes. And they always make sure that they detail things to the best of their ability. Detail, super detail. And they say super detail to be fair. That's what they tell you. What super detail hmm. means is only lawyers can understand. And right. who has lawyers? The wealthy. The government. Yep, the wealthy. Yeah, the one time I actually said something once to someone, I said, we should write all of our laws in Russian. And the guy said, Russian? I said, yeah, every law should be written in Russian. He goes, then we can't read the laws. You can't read them now. You hire an interpreter <laughs> called a lawyer. So now you hire Russian people to, to read the laws. You can't read them now. It doesn't really matter, does it? Either way, you're hiring an interpreter. You're either hiring a Russian or you're hiring a uh, a lawyer. Who cares? And that blew yep. his mind. He's like, you're right. I don't understand exactly. the laws. Of course you don't. doesn't matter what language. Write them in Chinese. Write them in German. I don't care. Write them in ancient right. Greek. It's really irrelevant what language you write them in. You can't read them anyway. Yeah, you can't. You can't understand them at all. And that 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 it. I believe when we first started this experiment, we called America that we actually had a specific goal in mind to prevent that from happening. Am I wrong? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it was, it was supposed to be that the common person could interpret the law. That's why the law is supposed to be so small and so understandable yeah. and so logical. And yet here we are, and I say this all the time, we've got the greatest documentation in history to mitigate the expansion of the government. And in less than 300 years, we were completely out of control. Completely well, out what of I control. would say is, if you, the story I tell often is, if you ask somebody, have you ever been, you know, as you got older, when you were younger, you remember saying things like, I'm not going to be like my mom, or I'm not going to be right. like my dad, I'm going to be special. Then you get older, and something happens, you and you realize you, you say something and you just sound like your mom or your dad. You're like, man, right. I sound like my dad or I sound like my mom now. I can't believe I just said that. Can we just did that? That's what my mom used. That's what my dad used to do. Oh my God, I'm doing it. I become my dad or whatever, right? Well, America did that. America left the UK. And when we left, we were wow. like, I'm not going to be like you, dad. I'm not about the empire. I'm about life and liberty and happiness. I'm out. 
That's what we did. And we cried and we left and we fought and we went and got our own place. We said, yeah, yeah. we're good. And then a hundred years went by and we were like, well, and 200 years went by and we were like, you know what? Maybe we're going to become our dad. Our dad fought in Afghanistan. So do we. Our dad fought in the Middle East. So do we. Our dad had an empire that spawned the entire globe. So do we. That's remarkable. We, we become our dad. Our dad retired after World War II. We said, dad, we got you. We'll take the business. We got the business. <laughs> and so we we took over the business of empire and now we become our dad. So that's what it is. We, we're worried far more about empire than anything else. We name our infrastructure, our bridges, our tunnels, uh, about uh, uh, from our nobility, yeah, from our aristocracy. But we do. Yep, yep, hundred sure percent. We have that's... right now. If you look at it, when I ran for office in 2018, literally, I was the only guy not getting government check. Running now, I'll be the only guy not getting government check. What does that mean? Only the establishment. And the and the elites can run anymore. They've created a system to where those only people have any chance of winning. So you're saying, Larry, if people heard you, then they might say something, which is why they make sure people can't hear me. You are correct, my yep. friend. This is yep. why they make sure that people can't hear me. That is absolutely amazing. That's a fantastic analogy. I put it up on this. I'll put it back up. Morgan Dow says, I love that analogy. Me too. That's absolutely fantastic. And then in New York, like you're saying, they've uh, they've constructed this apparatus to where only the elites and the powerful could ever win because you can't get their voice out and and all of that. But you've done a fantastic job of circumventing some of those issues when it comes to getting your voice heard in the state of New York. What can we do to help amplify that? And what are, what are you looking at staring down the pipe of coming in 2022? This is going to be the toughest uh, ballot access battle that I think any candidates actually had to do. And when I mean, I don't mean legally. There have been uh, tougher legal challenges. I right. mean, actually petitioning. We are going to have to get about 70,000 signatures oh in 35 God. days. So we need 2,000 oh signatures per day average across New York State. That is not an easy thing at all. And the sad part is, I'm the only one who can do it. That's the sad part. Now, you might go, well, because you're super smart and super handsome. Well, I am handsome, but that's <laughs> not the reason why. That's not the reason. The reason is I haven't stopped really campaigning. Right. In 2018, I got 2% of the vote. So now I'm actually polling the last two Zogby polls. I'm polling at 6%. So I've tripled my, my name recognition and my polling in, in the last three or four Dude. years. So that's step one. Step two, I can raise money. I raised half a million dollars last time. I'll probably raise a million this time is my guess, but I raised six figures. It's going to cost me six figures to get those signatures. Yep. Not just that. I have over 200 volunteers across the state. So I would ask you, and by the way, I'm not working anymore. I do this, which is why when you asked yeah. to come aboard, I said, yes, because this is what I do now. I stopped working. Yeah. So who in New York state, who's a third party, can decide to stop working for a year, can raise six figures, already has hundreds of volunteers, and is polling at 6%. It's only me. So yep. if it's not me, it's nobody. And when I'm talking to yep. people uh, who are thinking about doing something in, in any environment, whether I'm doing a business coaching, executive training, whatever I'm doing, I often ask a question. Is there someone else who can do it? And they go, yeah, someone else can. Great. Let's get them to do it. Let's figure it out. Let's do some training, whatever. They go, nah, right. not really. 
So I thought, great. So if not you, who? Well, no one. Then it's you. Then it's you. Yeah. Well, I looked at myself and said the same thing. If not me, New York 2022, who is it? If it's not me, it's nobody. So it's me. So I'm doing it again. I'm punishing okay. myself again. So yes. <laughs> Good. I was actually going to open uh, or not, maybe not open, but um, you know, how these conversations go, we just go back and forth. It's amazing. But I was going to ask you why in the world you would want to put yourself back through this gauntlet again. But now I see the reason why. And that's incredible. You tripled your uh, numbers in three years. I mean, you're, you're, you're obviously making a massive impact. Are you primarying Hokel? And I've heard that, uh, Oh, Cuomo's making a comeback. What do you know about that? Let me um, let me give you the, the details on this one. How New York State works is very special. In New York State, we have what's called fusion voting. Thanks. What fusion voting means is you can actually be on more than one line at the same time. Each party that exists as a party can endorse the same candidate if they want to. <clears throat> so, for example, very often the conservative party will also endorse the Republican Party. Right. So whoever's on the Republican line is also in a conservative line. So they're literally listed twice. And all of the votes together all count. Wow. So if you get multiple lines, you can, that, and that's called fusion voting. So you right, can right, be, right. so I can run as a libertarian and be endorsed by the conservatives or the forward party or the Unite Party, or whatever, and then get on multiple lines. All of them together count. Now, while that's good, there is one bad side to that. I have to be able to get 130,000 votes on my line to ach achieve uh, party status. So if I get a million votes, I hope I get a million votes, right? But I only get 90,000 on the libertarian line, libertarians are on a party. I've got to get a, I get a million votes, but I have to get at least 130,000 on that line. If I do that, party status. That's how that works in my state. Got you. So, but that 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 hundred thousand or ninety thousand votes or nine hundred thousand votes that has to be specifically on the Libertarian line for Libertarian Party to be a, uh, recognized as what a minor party would that be? With no, that? as a party. Period. We have a party or not party. Okay, okay, okay. That's it. Oh, yes. okay, okay, okay. So yes, we're we're very straight. Party or not party. That's it. So that's what I have to do. So that will be challenging, but it can be done. Now, right now, what I want to do, I'm hoping, but people think I'm crazy. I did a TikTok on this. I am hoping that Andrew Cuomo runs again. And you might go, why in the world would I want Andrew Cuomo to run again? Okay, here's the reason why. I'm not running the Democratic Party. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Libertarian. Democratic yeah. Party is not going to endorse me. Democratic Party is already endorsed our current governor, Kathy Hochul. She will be their nominee. I would love for Cuomo to run because if Cuomo runs, he will have to create his own party, which he can do with enough signatures. He'll need, he'll need the same things I need. 2,000 signatures over 35 right. days, but he has $20 million in his account. He'll right. just buy the signatures. Right. He'll just say, here's money, get them for me. So he'll just buy them and he'll create whatever, the Cuomo party or something. And if mm -hmm. he does that, he will suck a lot of votes from her because some of the people watching, their heads may want to explode, but Cuomo is actually still yeah. popular in my state. <laughs> yes, he is. After he killed fifty plus thousand elderly people during COVID. Well, to be fair, fifteen thousand. But just saying. Oh, okay. All right. My bad. Yes, I was off the you know, Still horrible. Unbelievable. But he yes, needs to be he, in prison. Well, he's gonna might run. I hope he does. Now we'll know coming up here in two weeks whether he's gonna run or not. I 
I don't think he's going to run, but man, it'll be awesome. Because if he runs, New York State is a plurality state, not a majority state. So whoever has the most, doesn't matter if it's 51% or not, wins. If he splits Democratic vote, I could win this thing with like 26% of the vote. Holy smoke. So we really do want him to run then. Yes, I am all Just about it. Him. Run, run, run. Please run. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Look, can I win this thing without him running? Yes. However, I don't have control over it, right? Because here's how it works in my state. Right. Some of you may not know this, but in my state, it's about three to one Democrat to Republican. Republicans hate Democrats. Democrats hate Republicans. That's how it works in my state. And it's getting deep. The the That divide is deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Right. So if Hochul does something very bad, I hope she does. Those Democrats have three choices. Choice number one, stay home. Choice number two, hold their nose, vote Hochul anyway. Choice number three, vote for me. They're not going to vote for the Republican. Republicans not going to get more than about 35%. That's where he's trapped. That's about as far as he's going to go. No more than that. Low ceiling. That's that's it. That's it's that's how my state works. My state hasn't had a statewide Republican victory in 20 years. And the state is just getting bluer. It's not getting redder. It's bluer and bluer and bluer. So the Republicans Republicans win locally all the time, but they don't win statewide, not in 20 years. So that's not going to happen. That's a fantasy. Republicans in my state will say, oh, this is the time. They're lying. They're stealing your money. If you're a Republican in New York State and you give money to the Republican Party, they're literally just stealing your money. They're going to take it right. and throw it in the garbage because the guy's not winning. doesn't matter. Any case, whatever the case may be. So if that right. happens, they can vote for me. About 25% of the people who vote for me are registered Democrats. So if I can get those right. Democrats to vote for me, I can break that 35 37% number and I can win. So I'm going to run a hard campaign. I'm going to run it to win it. I'm going to be prepared. If lightning strikes, I'm the governor. If lightning doesn't strike, I can still come in second. And I want you to think about something. If I come in second, I beat the Republican. That's very realistic. I beat the Republican. I beat the Republican. How this works is in New York State, because they want to make sure the two parties control everything, they have a rule in, in Board of Elections. The top two parties control the Board of Elections, as decided by the governor's race. Well, that means that no, state will be run by Democrats and Libertarians. Now, to be forward with you, there is not enough Libertarians in the state to actually run the government. So that, that actually right. can't work. That's that we don't have enough of us. However, right. it doesn't matter. They will rewrite the rules overnight. I don't mind. But when they rewrite the rules, they must include us. So if I come in second, New York State is officially a multi-party democracy in perpetuity because the rules will be changed. That's amazing. Yes. I have that's never that heard. Works. Wow. This is the most important race. Shot. Yes, yeah. this is the most important race across country this year. Because if I come wow. in first, if I come in first, the entire country changes overnight. If I actually win this thing, if lightning strikes and I win, the whole country changes overnight. New York State becomes gold. Imagine what that means. That yeah. means all the people who are thinking about being libertarian become libertarian. The party becomes yep. real overnight. Yep. But I don't win. I come in second. Still change everything. Now New York yep. State becomes a multi-party democracy overnight. And everyone's going to be saying, how the hell did Larry Sharp come in second in New York? How did that happen? I will be on every TV show. I will be on every news show. I'll be everywhere talking about libertarian ideals for the entire country. Your idea of will people hear me? They will hear me then. They will. Yo, hear they, me then. They, they will yep, you'll be sitting up there saying, do you hear me now? That is exactly That's right. amazing. 
Yes. And, and beating out the Republican is not that difficult. Can be done. Uh, yeah. Morgan Dow, let's do it. Yes, of course. We're absolutely yeah, for sure. But the best part is what I talked about last. If you remember in 2018, when I got party status, I talk, we fight all the time in the party about this concept of should we run top of the ticket, bottom of the ticket, this local right. matter more all the time. And I've said the same thing always. They both matter. They're just different. The top of the ticket has the best chance for press, but the least chance for victory. The bottom of the ticket has the least chance for press, but That's the right. best chance for victory. So if the guy who runs on the top of the ticket the next year crosses his area again to support the bottom of the ticket, he brings the press to the bottom of the ticket and they can win. Right. I said Thank it and you. I did it in 2019. I did that. 2018, I, I got 2%. Yep. I got the party status. I crossed the state again. And we had 107 victories in New York State. We had 107 libertarians elected locally only, obviously locally in New York State, went from zero libertarians to 107. And then the year after, New York State said, we're not letting you do that, and got right. rid of our ballot access. And said, no more That's libertarians. The corruption is incredible. Yes. And you know what? I, I'll, uh, I'll get, I actually threw a bone your way. I was speaking at the Libertarian Party of Arkansas convention. And the very first candidate, and you know how they how they do these conventions, right? They roll out candidates. If you want to run for office, you want to run as a delegate, you got to make your pitch. And then they vote on you via hand or mouth. And uh, the very first guy up there was a, a dude running for Senate. And I'm not sure. I had never heard of him. And he seemed very, like, whitewashed Republican. I don't know if that's the right terminology. But you know what I mean? Republican light. Mm -hmm. Looks like he had been rejected from the Republican Party. Really didn't have any stupid, solid answers. And somebody said, how are you going to use the top ticket to work the down ballot? And I stood up. I was like, I know I'm not. I'm not a part of you guys. I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but dude, you need to talk to Larry Sharp. That's who you need to talk to about working the down ballot with the top ticket. Absolutely. Yes. I threw you a bone there in Arkansas. Thank you, to. my friend. All right, I had to. hundred <laughs> percent. No, it's true. That's how, look, obviously I hope I win. I'm going to run a yeah. campaign to win. You guys saw me last time. I'll do it again. If lightning yep. strikes, I'm the governor. If it doesn't, every other libertarian gets helped. Those of you who watched me over the last three years, every year I've been traveling to conventions and helping people and raising money for them. I've raised money for half of the libertarian um, uh, local counties. I'm sorry, uh, state, state affiliates. I've raised money right. for them. I've raised money for individuals who ask me all the time. I go out there, I raise money, I help people, yeah. I give them advice all the time. You ask me for advice, I give you advice. I give people advice yeah. all the time. I help people all the time. Now it's my time. If I get more popular, I can now help more people. It's that simple. I've been doing it for years. I'll do it again. Oh, yeah. And it's it's obvious that that is one of your biggest goals in doing all of this. It's actually, you know, it, it is to help people. It's something that I talk about. And when I prop somebody up like I do you often, it's because I fully well know and understand that your goal is 100% to yes. help people in whatever capacity or form that you're given in that space and time it is to help people and if people gravitate towards you your genuineness your authenticity because we all Thank can you. see that you really do mean what you say and you're very fat passionate and fired up about it and uh, i wanted to say thank you because i when i was talking to thomas daniel quitter over the weekend he started trying to explain to me fusion voting and we didn't have the time to, to go through it all and so like we had said pregame here uh, thanks for going through untangling that bag of snakes that is fusion voting but then when you unravel it right it makes perfect sense to have the label of fusion 
voting right you're fusing yeah. all of it together and so I, you, you've got a lot to deal with there i to and, be fair uh, with you i actually don't like fusion voting but it's what i have right. so i'm going to use it right they use it against i'm going to use their system against them as they use it against me so right, exactly. I, you know it's not like, not like i'm happy about it. it it does tend to water things down that's true but i've got it it's the system i'm in i'm trying to use that system so i can win yeah, well, and of course, you're going to use the system that's available to you, right? Like, we, there's a lot of people in our movement that pitch for anarchy and they're anarchists. And that's great. That's a great utopian idea. I love that idea. But, you know, we do have a government right now and our government's out of control. So whatever we have in front of us, we have to work the system that's right here in front of us right now. And so she, uh, Melissa wanted me to tell you about when I, I one of my first questions when I stood up and started my speech in Arkansas was how many people are run, running for office? And like two thirds of the room raised their hand. I was floored, stunned. Wow. There's 75, 80 people in the room. Yeah, look it up. Like there's probably there's 50 plus libertarians running for office in Arkansas. It's I'm actually unimaginable. I'm not even sure that's good. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm, ser- well, I'm, I'm serious. I, I yeah. worry because there's a balance, right? right. If too yeah. many people are running, then who's helping? Right. You got to make sure you got a balance in there. Right. I I don't know the balance. If all of them have helpers, life is good. But if there's 57 people running by themselves with no help, that's a problem. So I don't know. Right. What's the right answer? But there is a balance. Lots of people running is only good if they all have lots of help. 57 people running with no help. That's not good. That's a colossal waste of time and money and energy. If they're running with help, that's amazing. That is awesome. Right. Because right. think about it. What I ra- if uh, in theory, and again, I don't know the details of this at all, but right, if right, all right. I have is fifty-seven people who are willing to step up, I would rather have ten candidates, each with five helpers, than fifty-seven candidates with no helpers. If that makes any sense, you got to yep. find that right balance of person versus helper. I don't know what those numbers are. In my case. Not many people are running in New York State, but I have literally hundreds of volunteers. Right. Right. So I want to make sure you have that that balance of what makes them. Now, you don't need that for local local offices, obviously. Right. You can probably do well with with a three person team in a local run, a statewide run. You need dozens. A local run, probably three or four people could do it. All depends. So, again, I'm happy they're running, but I want to make sure. Here's the issue why I'm bringing this up. I I know I'm being a note but it matters. I want to make sure that we are not just getting people to run, but that we are building actual party infrastructure and talent. And how do we get people who are talented at running third-party campaigns? By running third-party campaigns, right? That's how you do it. You got to make sure people know. And I'll give you the example I I had. Um, Years, a couple years back, 2020, when when a bunch of people were considering running independent, many of those people actually called me up. They were like, Larry, how do we do this? And it was one candidate. There were several popular ones who were considering running. And they called me up, asked my opinion. And the team was, run, was run, a, run a table. And I said, okay, so let's talk about polling now. I said, when it comes to polling, you got to buy the polls early. And then no matter what, you got to make sure that you have, you, that you post the polls immediately. Like, well, yeah, if we do well in them, we'll post them. No, you will post them no matter what, even if you suck. And they were like, what? I hmm. said, yes. You are third party. You are by default, not judged the same way. And you need to be in the polls. If you're not in the polls, you'll never be in the polls. 
You have to create right. an, you have to create an environment of being the pose to create precedent, which is why I've already been in polls three times already. Right. So I learned my lesson and now I do that. So you have to keep doing that. If you're not a third party candidate, you don't know that. This is the thing we have to begin to learn internally. We've got to have good campaign managers, PR people, people who know how to buy ads, people who know how to raise money. All those things matter. One of the reasons why people don't become libertarian, not the only reason, but, many, but one of the reasons is because we have no infrastructure for them. Right. We need infrastructure. It does matter. We need talent and skill set. Yes. So no, I saw I, that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you did. That's why I put it up on the screen because I knew that's exactly where you went with that. So I went ahead and threw it up on the screen. And for everybody that's listening later, what Larry's talking about is uh, Melissa J. Cacao said, what's your advice for the candidate teams? And then obviously Larry just uh, so knocked that out. Let me knock that out real fast if I can. Right. If you're a candidate, you have to be the team of at least three people. If you go, Larry, I don't need to. I'll do it myself. I don't want to raise money. I don't want to. Then you're a bad candidate. And that may make you seem bad. I don't care. You're a bad candidate if you can't build a team. Why? Because right. we're going to start winning. And when we win, right. who's going to be your staff? Right. If you can't build a team now, how are you going to build staff once you win? Who's going to be a chief right. of staff? Who's going to be your admin assistant? Who's going to be your policy team? You got to have all these people. Who's your PR? Who's your comms director? Politicians who win need these things. So you have to start right. building it now. What, are you going to hire Republicans, Democrats? That's a disaster. So no, you have to start <laughs> building teams now, early on. But not just that. If you're, if you're a candidate, your job is to influence people. So influence mm -hmm. them and get them to help you out. That's the goal. Generally speaking, you want at least three types of pe three people on your team. Generally speaking, one, some form of uh, campaign manager. You don't want to be your own campaign manager because you can't coach yourself. You might think, Larry, you're a coach. I don't coach myself. My campaign manager tells me stuff I'm doing wrong all the time, all the time. So number one, you need some kind of campaign manager. You don't want to coach yourself, right? You want to make sure someone right. can make sure the trains get on, run, done on time. Second, you want to have someone who does your social media. Social media is critically right. important and it yeah. can't only be you. That is a terrible idea. I'm going to tell you something that makes some of you guys feel bad. Many times when you interact with me on social media, it's not me. Sorry, right. it's not always me. It is sometimes somebody else. But that's okay. They work as me. I, I'm on all the things. There's no way I can spend all my time on social media. I can't. So I have people who do it in my stead. So yeah, someone yeah. to run your social media without question. And then last, a treasurer. Those three at least. Treasurer, who were, who hopefully worries also about fundraising, social yeah. media, campaign manager, campaign you. That's the smallest one you can get. If you can get more, get more. Please, if you can get more. But that's the smallest right, right, piece. Right. Larry, I, I can't get them. There's no one locally. Don't go locally. You can get them out of state. Yep. What if you get them in your state? Exactly. You Especially got Zoom. Uh, social media. You got StreamYard. Yep. You don't need them in your state. I hope they're all in your house. That'd be awesome. But they don't, it's okay. <laughs> get them wherever. It doesn't matter. So that's important. And the last thing you want to work, worry on, no matter what, just worry about is policy. Policy matters. And this is totally not fair for all you candidates. It's not fair and true. The Democrats, Republicans are not judged by their policy at all. They do, they do not have to have any policy or answers. They can fail miserably and they are not punished. 
as long as they yell, other guy bad. If you run as a Democrat, right. as long as you go, well, Trump's going to kill us all. You just say that, you're good. If you're a Republican, did Joe Biden's murdering us all. You're good. That's all you have to do. Right. If you are, if you are a libertarian, you must have an answer for almost everything. The second you don't, you are dismissed as a freak, a weirdo, a knucklehead. Guaranteed. It's totally right. unfair and true. So you have to make sure you understand how to answer actual questions, and you cannot use libertarian rhetoric. But wait a minute, Larry. They use Democratic re- rhetoric and Republican rhetoric all day long. Correct. And it's not fair. It's not fair. They can just <laughs> use rhetoric, and they'll be fine. We cannot use libertarian rhetoric. It does not work. It only it makes us happy because we love it, but it doesn't right. make the, nor- the normies don't get it. And the normies are the ones we have to turn and move towards us. So I'm sorry, I'm yapping away. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're you're actually, uh, I'm actually going to continue down this track real quick because there's a lot, there's something that you said right at the beginning that I want people to understand. I think I'm going to know your response here or or at least the bulk of it, but I want people to hear you say it. So when you say you need to create a team, if you're going to win, then you have to be able to have that team. But that's going to require real, genuine leadership. And you said, even yourself, you don't coach yourself. You have to have somebody else to do it. That requires humility. How much of that leadership role is so crucial because you can't build a successful team without being a successful, humble leader. You have hit one of the most important pieces that many people don't don't see. Some people want to run because it feels good to be the center of attention. It winds up being not a passion project, but it winds up being an ego boost. People say, Larry, why don't you run for this and run for that? Because I'm not just running to pump my ego up. I already have a show with my name on it. I'm good, right? I'm good. (laughs) I don't need any more ego boosting. I'm good. I already own a company. I'm good. I don't need any more of that. I've only run once before. I run when I think there's impact. The reason why I do that is I know the the idea of volunteer burnout, donor burnout, activist burnout. This is a real thing. I don't want you getting burned out on me. I want you to jump on my train when you know my train is going somewhere. Right? right. My train is going somewhere. So get on my train. So I do not want you to jump on my train because I decide I want to run against AOC or something or whatever is my thing. Right? I don't want that at all. I want you to put on my train because, you know, it's going somewhere. It's valuable. You get it. That's what I want. There's there's some reason for me to run. That's number one. But number two, the person who runs, I hope they failed before and failed badly because your point is a valid one. I got my ass kicked in the crash of 2009. Devastated my business. And at the same time, my mom got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And my youngest daughter almost died all at the same time. It was devastating for me. It's the worst time of my life. I actually contemplated suicide. That is how bad it was in my life. Was it? And my my entire, my, I was losing my marriage on top of it. Luckily, I've not lost my marriage. In fact, uh, this week is my 20th anniversary with my wife. So I have actually survived 20 years with my wife. Yes. Congratulations. So, but that was hard. So I've gotten my ass kicked. I've fallen on the floor. And I realized that no matter how, how matter how no matter how cool I might think I am, if pa- right. if fate wants to slap me, it will slap me, and it will slap anybody else fate decides it wants to slap, and we're gonna have to deal with that. 
And we understand that. All of us are human. We're, we are all flawed. And if fate wants to slap us, it will, it'll do a Will Smith on us if it wants to. It will just do it. <laughs> Whenever it decides to. Doesn't matter how smart you think you are or how good you are. Yeah. Fate wants to smack you. You getting smacked. That's how it works. So yeah. I've been smacked before. So yeah, I know I'm not awesome. So I need help. That's why you build a team. You build a team yeah. because you need help. Right? I tell my people all the time, I'm good at certain things. Other things I'm not good at. Right? One of them is, without question, showing up and saying stuff that I'm good at. <laughs> other things, eh, I let others do other stuff. Things that people are right, good right. at. But again, so that all is going to derive, and I want people to hear this because everything that you just said requires, it's not a suggestion, it requires humility. And humility is tough because we are a prideful people. And I don't mean yes. we as libertarians, I mean we as human beings. And libertarians are especially prideful because, and very pretentious because we've done a lot of we're right. research. Yeah. We're right. We're right. We're right. We know we're right. Yes. You know? And so, it, but even in the face of that, it requires humility because even though we may be right with our policies and we know that we are, if you're going to lead a team and you're going to lead a team successfully into victory, especially from our uh, stance, which is one that is basically snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat then as a leader, you have to be humble. You have to be willing to take advice and you have to be willing to take criticism, period, or it's never going to work. Well, I have to go one step further. Um, you have to accept that your team is going to make mistakes also oh, and not hammer them for it, right? We made a lot of mistakes in 2018, tons of them. We made mistakes already so far, we'll make more. But I never fired anybody for making a mistake, no matter how bad the mistake was. And I supported them. Even when we made mistakes, people got mad at me. Larry, how dare you? Someone needs to be fired. I'm like, no. I literally responded in, face, in, in Facebook or on Twitter. They're not being fired. You can be mad if you want to. I take responsibility for what happened. My fault. And they're going to learn and get better. And we'll keep moving forward. Because I need to train my team for the future. And for your future. And for your future. And for your future. And for their future. You need to train people to get better. And when they fail and we don't fire them, they tend to be more loyal and they tend to learn and get better. It's human mm -hmm. nature. So what I did fire people for was not taking responsibility. They're two separate right. issues. If right, you right, take right, responsibility, right. you are not fired. If you don't Ownership. take responsibility, you might be fired. That's all I care about. I screwed it up, let's fix it. Okay, we're on board. Life is gonna keep moving. We are too small of a uni uh, as a unit to be destroying each other. We have to Amen. be blooded in combat. And we and too bad most of us don't fight real battles because we're so small. When you have a big chance to build a big team, that's a real battle and people learn and they trust each other. Remember some most important piece. Team building isn't about winning. It's it's great. To, I'll be anybody's team was winning. Team building is <laughs> about them staying with you when you're losing. Amen. That's what I'm talking Who's about. Who's there when you're losing? Who's there after you lose? Who's there then? Yep. You walk away then? Uh, anybody walks away. But you still there? I'm still yep. here. I got my butt kicked. I'm still here. Yeah. I hope other people are here too. No, that's excellent because one of my favorite quotes of all time, and I have no idea who it's from. Maybe you do. You probably do. Um, it, it is the true test of a man's character is how he treats 
people that can do nothing for him. And so I know that's a little bit off, but it's not. It's how do you treat people when they have failed you, but they were transparent and they were humble about it. That's freaking crucial. Well, I will give you the perfect example of this. The people who I supported, which no one else will, is men who are crushed in family court. To your point, exactly. Men who are devastated in family court. I I support them 100%. Sadly, they did not support me, which drives me crazy they didn't in New York State. There are literally hundreds of thousands of them devastated by family court. Now, why why do politicians not support them? And none do except me. None do except me. And that's why they're so broken and feel like the world's ending. No one cares about them. Because no one else does. Why? Exactly. If you're a man who's been destroyed by family court, you don't have any money. Your money has either gone to your family or to your lawyers or to the court. Nothing. You have no money. So why in the world would anyone care about you? Because you've been True. crushed is why. Yeah. And I care. And I care about many reasons. Now, are women crushed too? Yes. The family court system is totally busted. It screws over anyone who's trying to be bad. I mean, to be, trying to be honest and good. And it generally right. screws over men more than women, but it absolutely screws over women also. And be clear on that. It's not only a man thing. It's just right. mostly a man thing. So I focus on the men because that's a bigger chunk of people that I'm going to focus on. Right, I right, want right. to repair family law, period, because it will also Amen. help women who have been battered by deadbeat men. So we'll help them Amen. also. But the point is, how in the world can I fix my state when I have hundreds of thousands of broken men? Huh. Not just that. Behind every one of those broken men is a broken son or daughter or both. Yeah. How do I fix my state with broken youth, broken families, and broken men? Why in the world would that be true? I can't do it. So I support them, even though they can't support me in return. I also support people who vape. I don't vape. Not my thing at all. Right? Not my thing. I don't vape. I don't even smoke. Not my thing. But you know what? everybody's rights matter all the time. No matter what it is, your rights matter, even when it's not my issue. Because why? One day I'm going to need some rights that someone else is not going to want. And I hope you're going to support mine when that time comes. So I'm going to support yours. And I hope that you'll support mine. We all should be supporting each other's rights. So you're totally correct. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I'm going to stay on New York for a second. That's something we talked about because I don't think a lot of people understand this fully. And I don't think there's a better person on the planet that could explain this other than you. So when we're talking about fixing and rehabbing and reforming New York government and and the impact that you could have just by coming in second place, which is very realistic, that will impact the rest of the country. Yeah. And by extension, impact the rest of the globe. I don't know that a lot of people understand or fully understand that what happens in New York, mm-hmm. you're going to see start to trend around the rest of the country. Can you tell 100%. us why that is and how that yes. happens? New York is always the trendsetter in everything bad about government. It's what we do, right? <laughs> we begin everything. We, we They push us here. And the reason why, believe it or not, is because of urbanism, right? Urbanization is the yeah. biggest issue. New York City is the most dense and the largest city in the nation. That's the reason why we 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 wind up becoming so socialistic or communistic because of that reason. That's the epicenter of all of it. Okay, remember something. In New York City, one-third of the people who live in New York City aren't born in the country. Another one-third aren't born in New York City. One-third? Correct. So only about a third of the people who are currently living in New York City were born here. I'm the oddball. I'm born here and I live here. Yes, I'm the oddball. 
but most people aren't. So what does that mean? That is a massive mix of cultures, ideas, and we literally live on top of each other. And I mean that literally. Can right. I ask, in your county, wait a minute, you're, you're in Mississippi, right? Yes, sir. In your county, um, about how many people live in your county? About? Uh, there's probably about 3 million people. In your county? No, no, I'm sorry, in my county. Um, uh, probably you know, less than a million. I'm in Mississippi, so it's far less than a million just in our county. So, so there's three million people. But it's a big but, county. We have a big county because I mean we have Jackson, Mississippi included. Sure. So, how many people in Jackson, Mississippi? About? Do you have an idea? Uh, I think there's a little under a million just in Jackson. Okay. So Jackson on the main, the state about three million. Yeah, Mississippi's right. a very, very low, very no low. No worries. Census. That state about three million. Brooklyn has yeah. two point three million. Right. Exactly. That's one borough. Out of five boroughs. Not just that, in one square mile of Manhattan, 60,000 people. Yeah, because y'all are stacked on top of each other, right? When I say we stack, we are on top of each other. So imagine that environment. Some people have been here three weeks. Some people have been here 30 years. We don't We don't actually uh, keep track of, uh, of the same religion or the same school district or same areas. It's all different and mixed. So there's no rules and regulations here that we can understand, that are clear, that are obvious, that are social. So we beg for a referee, and that referee is government. So we uh, ask for government, left and right. It's what happens in the city. So as we start yeah. asking for more government, we accept more government. And the pushback is where we always do it in New York City, which moves out to New York State, which moves out to Jersey and Connecticut, and eventually to your state. If you live in Utah, it might take 20 years. But if you right. don't live in Utah, it's like five years. Remember, all the lockdowns started in New York State. Yep. That was the big ones. Yep. New York City, New York State. All the mandates, New York City, New York State. All the lawsuits, New York City, New York State. Yes, we are the beginning, which is why I say I am on the front line. Yeah. A AOC is literally my congressperson. I, I oh, no kidding. AOC is your congressperson. Correct. I accept your condolences. Oh, man, that sucks. So, yes, she is my congressperson. I live in the same borough that Trump is from, the same borough that Cuomo is from. Wow. Yes, I live in the belly of the beast. This is where I am. Someone's got to fight in the front line. It's me. You should support the Marine in the front line. Amen. You should support the Marine in the front line. Yes. <laughs> is that why you don't yes. does, is that why you choose to stay and run and not leave the state? A lot of people are flocking from New York. 100%. And I actually encourage it because you've turned into a despotic communist hellhole there, but you're staying there to fight the fight. Is that wrong? Well, the reality of, uh, was I I was considering leaving in 2017. I was gonna leave. And for what I do for a living, I have to have a large city, right? I've got to have a city uh, around me. So I was considering heading to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a relatively large city in the South. It's not New York, but it's a pretty large city in the South. So I thought, I'll head down there. So I went down there and I realized it's 2017. I could literally sell my shoebox of a house here in Queens, buy a mansion in, in Charlotte and yep. live cheaper, less everything. So I thought, you know what? Instead of moving, I got mad. And I said, why does my state suck? Why do I have to leave my family, my friends, my business, where I'm born? Why do I have to leave because my state sucks? And for those of you who know New York, New York State is an amazing state. Anything you could imagine and you'd want is here. Fishing, hiking, mountains, beaches, 
the opera, baseball, Madison Square Garden, concerts, music, you name it, it's in this state. Bear hunting, deer hunting, whatever is your thing, this state has it. This state's amazing. The problem is its government is so oppressive, it breaks up families. That is how bad our government is. And I got mad because my mom actually died in South Carolina. Why? She couldn't afford to retire in New York. So she left and went to South Carolina. So I remember that. I'm like, am I doing the same thing? Am I leaving my family and friends to come down here? And I thought, you know what? No. So I went back because I was going to go up and I'm going to be the governor and fix things in 2018. That did not work out as planned. So I I was not the governor. However, when I ran, I learned how broken this system was. I had no idea how broken it was. I knew it was broken. Everyone knows it's broken. You can look at it and know it's broken. But when I got in, I was like, oh my God, this system is horribly broken. And there are certain things that some people don't understand. And one of those is things like, people do this all the time. Well, Larry, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just get covered by the newspapers? That kind of thing. Why, why aren't you in the press? You pay to play. Because it's pay to play. And people don't know that. They think the newspapers like care and stuff. They don't care. The newspapers, <laughs> they, they what they do is they cover you if you buy ads. That's it. Yeah. Democrats, Republicans always buy ads, so they always get covered. That's how it works. Buy ads, get covered. So I got to raise money. That's why I would say raise money, right? So I can buy ads. Well, I, why aren't you in polls? Because polls cost $40,000. And if you want to be in a poll, you got to buy the poll. If you happen to have $40,000 in your front pocket, throw it my way. I'll buy a poll and I'll be in one. (laughs) I hope you happen to have $40,000 laying around. That'd be awesome. Give that to me. I'll buy the poll and I'll I'll show you exactly how to buy the poll. Buy the poll, and you're in. I hope I hope you all have forty thousand dollars laying around. That'd be awesome. So yes. So yeah. I learned that type of thing. Plus, I learned how the system is made for the third party to not be heard, no one to pay attention to. It made me angry. I wanted to stay and do it again. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I mean, like you're. I don't know. And, and a lot of people would probably try to assume these types of emotions. I don't just because I've been in so many ridiculously terrible circumstances that I quit trying to assume how I would be emotionally reactive to a situation. I think that I would probably pack my ish up and leave, even though I've got a massive fighter spirit in me. The only reason that anybody's ever even heard of me is because of how pissed I was at all of the blue state citizens getting treated the way they did during COVID had nothing to do with me. I've been living normal basically since day one. We barely even two weeks to flatten the curve here down in the deep red South. It was just like, all right, well, okay, we're going to keep Walmart open. We're going to keep the gas stations open. Liquor stores are good to go. Yeah. If you want to do your thing, go (laughs) ahead. If not, we're going to look the other way. And so it just did, but I was pissed and I'm a fighter about what's happening to my citizens. But if I lived in the state of New York, I really don't know how I would react. I really think that I would probably say this fight is too big for me and I'm leaving because I don't want to live here. And so I can't yeah. thank you enough and congratulate you on your success already. And thank just you. the sheer leadership that you've put forth and the amazing success that you've had and not just politically, but inspiring 
people throughout the country. You can just see it just right in the comment section right here. It's quite, it's uncanny. You were built to do this, but I want to know, obviously you need money. How else can we support you? I mean, there's, well, there, there's there, there were two separate ways. things. Well, it's two separate things to be forward with you. Money always matters. Always. Right, because we just right. talked about it, right? So if you are in a position where you can donate, please donate. LarrySharp.com slash donate. Please donate. If you can give five, 10, 20, mm -hmm. hundred bucks. If you're in a position to give a thousand bucks, give a thousand bucks. I will spend it well. So, and again, it's all, you've seen it already what I do. If you're in a position where you can drop a thousand bucks, please do so. My maximum is 44,000. So I know, Melissa, you were like, I want to give him 45,000. You can't. I'll get in trouble. Don't do that. Only 44,000. I'm, I'm teasing, obviously. But yes, but whatever, you, of course. However, it isn't only money. It is money, but not only money. I need volunteers. Volunteers for several things. If you go to my LarryShop.com volunteer button, there's three different things you can volunteer for. You can volunteer if you want to help us petition, meaning that if you happen to be in an area where you can come up to New York State and, and help us petition, we need as many people to do it as possible. We need 2,000 signatures per day. You can give me one day, two days, half a day, whatever you can. Awesome. If you can come up here and do that, that's amazing. Oh, no worries. If you can't do that. Also, if you can't do that, I also need people on social media. I need more people to spread stuff out, to make new stuff. To, the meme wars are real. I need meme warriors. Yeah, I need them. So if you can do that kind of thing, I need help on social media. And lastly, policy. If you're someone who likes to research things and can write white papers, I can do the homework that I need. I need people to do white papers. There's no tomorrow. Every time I come up with a policy, I got to have data behind that policy. If you're someone who's good at that, wants to do that, I need your help. And you might go, Larry, why would I bust my rump doing it? Because I will give you full credit. Your name is on it. You get to keep it. Meaning that if you are either a policy person and you want to have you want to have some you know, bona fide policies, they'll be there and I'll be using them. If you're a policy person, you have only two choices. Someone like me or some think tank. No one pays attention to think tanks. Remember, other other politicians don't have policies. Democrats and Republicans have no policy. Only third party and think tanks have policy. So you can go to a think tank if you want to, when no one will pay attention to you, or you can come to me, and I will actually say your policy, and your name will be in the white paper. You can use it any way you want. So donate or volunteer. I need both. Now I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up if I could with one last piece, if I could. Oh, absolutely, man. There's another reason. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say the only reason I even started talking about that is because I know both of us well enough at this point to where if we don't uh, if we don't start try trying to to uh, find some sort of ending here, it'll be four hours and 57 <laughs> seconds. And then we'll yes. finally start to wrap up the second segment. And then sometime right. within the next week or two, we'll finish talking. So I just have to actively do it because I know the two of us too well. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, no go ahead, please. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time. There's a reason why, and the reason why I'm doing this, and many of you are seeing it, and that is this country is more and more divisive every single day. That's we politicize everything, stuff we shouldn't politicize at all. We just politicize everything, and it's getting worse. The left-right paradigm is destroying this country, and it's walking down a terrible road, which I don't want to see it. I don't want to raise my daughters in that world. So we have to find a third way, a third party, a mediator. The liberty movement is the only movement. Why? Because the liberty movement is the only movement that says you can be liberal, you can be conservative, just leave people alone. You do you. You don't have to convert to be one of us. You can still be the same person you always were. Right. It's okay. 
just stop bugging everybody else. Stop passing laws for everything. If you want people to be more, more liberal, then act more liberal and show us through your example in your community and maybe we'll be more liberal. If you want to be more conservative, show us through your community and through your example that we should be more conservative and hopefully we'll follow you and we'll be more conservative. That You want to do that? We're all good. That's the way. You might say, Larry, do you tell me you're going to save the world? No, I do not believe um, that I'm going to save the world. Do I believe that I can be one of the people who can set it up to be saved? Yes, I do. I was asked back in 2017 when I was in New Jersey, some guy said, hey, Larry, what like movie archetype are you? And I said, I am like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm the guy who dies fighting Darth Vader, but then the rebels still win. So it's all good. I do not <laughs> mind being that guy. I'm Marine. I will break a hole in a system. I need you guys to follow me through. I'll break a hole, but you got to follow me through. That's absolutely freaking amazing. I've never actually thought about it in that context. If you could just break, if you could just punch a hole through the ceiling, then we could flood through and expand that hole so widely. But we need somebody to break that ceiling. And you are obviously one of the leading people. I mean, just look at the damn comments. It's incredible. We got you, Larry. Lead through example. Yes. I mean, it, it's just... It, it's amazing what kind of inspiration and leadership that you, uh, you, it's so contagious getting around you. Right. And people know that. And that's why this is one of the things. And I know I, I'm being guilty of what I just said. We would try to wrap things. I don't care. Uh, I wrapped it up. I did my part. It's one of those things where we, we, if we cannot band together and we start punching these holes, we have no chance. And as long as we continue to fight, and bicker and pick apart. And I'm sorry, so sick of hearing, well, you're just not a real libertarian. My God, are we not looking at what's happening to the country? And are we not propping up the people that are going to give us the availability to punch that ceiling so that the rest of us can flood through? We need people like you. We need your voice. And I can't thank you enough for, for standing up again. Oh, and that's what I was wanting to say is you said something so freaking important to me. You said when running races, right? And this was way back earlier in the episode. We don't want to waste people's time, money, and energy. I get a lot of people that ask me to run all the time, and I refuse. I refuse to run for office for a plethora of reasons. Number one, I've got a massive criminal background, so that will never help me. <laughs> but you're libertarian. No, the, that, that's kind of secret. Right? I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> right. So the most important reason that I won't run is exactly what you just said is because i don't want to waste anybody's time energy yes. and money so yes. please god if you're watching the show there's a lot of people that are going to come across this show there's thousands of people that are going to listen to this show over the se over the next uh month or two if you're running for office please take it freaking seriously yes don't waste people's time and money that is the number one reason that i don't run yep. is because i don't want to waste people's time and money larry won't do that Larry yes. will not waste your time and money. That is a paramount of his, and he is a good, great, fantastic candidate, which I am not. We are all probably not great candidates. So if we run, fantastic. But make sure, please to God, please make sure you take it serious and you don't waste people's time, money, and energy. Larry, I know you already kind of had the last word, but I had to get that off my chest there. So I'm going to give I you love another, it. Uh, another minute. <laughs> I love it. All good. No, I agree completely. Look, if it's awesome. This is important. Let's take it seriously. 
let's try to make something, you know, work well. Yes, I was just on Kennedy today, yes. a couple hours ago. I was on Kennedy That's a couple hours. If you want to watch me uh, uh, do that, yes, we have to keep we have to keep moving forward. That's the most important piece. So you don't see me in those fights. Right. I don't get in those fights. Never. I don't insult people. I don't do that. We are too nope. small to be fighting our civil wars. We're too Amen. small. We're too small. Right? I need everybody on my side. I need every soldier I can get. Every one of them. I need them all. So I want everybody coming in. That's all I'm saying. That's awesome, Larry. You, I mean, that just could not. We're too small for civil war. That might be a freaking great slogan. I'm actually going to tweet that when we get off of here. I'll love add it. you in it. That that's amazing. We are too small for civil war. Larry, you are a very, very, very freaking busy man. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing for the Liberty Movement and what you continue to do to put yourself through the gauntlet and to put things that I personally believe in as priorities that I don't hear enough of us saying. And so I, again, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you for your time. And I cannot wait to talk to you again. At any time you need anything from me, let me know whatever we need to get you to punch that hole through the ceiling and at very least come in president of the United States of America in 2028. <laughs> 2028, <laughs> maybe. Not 24. Maybe. I'm still, I'm going to be broke in 2024 from this. <laughs> I'm going to be broke from this. But maybe 2028, we'll, we'll think about it then. Maybe. Right. It's right. <laughs> hilarious. Thank you, my friend. You are awesome. I will talk to you very soon, Larry. Have a good one. You too. Always, always absolutely magnificent and incredible. Larry will just, you, you can't, you want to walk away from the conversation and just want to go like in the name of liberty in, in good ways, metaphorically speaking, nonviolence included, just burn things down to the ground. Let's go. Right. It's just like pumping up a military of people and it's absolutely fantastic. Your comments were absolutely amazing of course as always so supportive of Larry there's just something that he drives out of every one of us that there's just very few people that have that ability to do and the fun part about that is and I know this from leadership and from the military and from being leadership in church and being a worship pastor these are one of these qualities that you don't strive to have this is a quality this is a character quality that you were gifted with and as a Christian, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a spiritual gift. You can take it or leave it. That's just a thought. I'm just telling you. You can chalk it up to some other reason. But to be able to just express your opinion, your mind, and, and talk, and then people will follow you automatically, that's a gift. And Larry has it. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Larry, for coming on the show again incredible i love you i love each and every one of you i say it every episode because i mean it i mean it with my whole heart i absolutely love each and every one of you i can't wait to see you again uh wednesday night same cajun time same cajun channel and i am out